0: In last week's episode, we were poised for a fight in all of our relationships, ready to be aggressive and and fight back hard so that we don't get hurt again. This week, we are talking about friendships and how we actually go the opposite and become too submissive and too eager and how that still makes you poised for a fight in the way that you want to defend yourself. (laughs) Welcome to Candidly Creative, a bi-weekly podcast from Creatively Caitlin that focuses on open, honest conversations. If you like what you are here, follow me on Instagram at creatively underscore Caitlin, or head to my website, www.caitlinnorum.com. We are drinking our coffee this morning. I'm joined by my friend and mommy blogger, Meg Sprink. Her page focuses on raising her daughter, Rowan, with her fiance, Dakota, um, who lives with type 1 diabetes. Uh, it's a really interesting page, and it, we'll see lots of stories come through about how they deal with those challenges and how strong she has to be um, while raising her daughter. So thanks so much for joining us, Meg. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm enjoying this cold weather here in Phoenix right now. I do love that it's cold weather for you, and it is not for me, as I just came from twenty degree weather, and it is sixty here.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so we are going to start with talking about our past with bullying. Um, so everyone knows bullying's kind of that hot topic word that one is just ready to say, "Oh, you're bullying me today." Um, but kids have gone through and always will go through some of the worst bullying that exists. I know as a child, I struggled with being the tallest, the biggest, the strongest kid for my elementary school, and then in middle school, it became everyone was catching up to me, but the boys were getting taller, the girls were getting taller and stronger, people were forming cliques, and I just didn't fit into those those scenarios. And the result was me being bullied for everything and anything that they could think of. While it hurt, we're not going to dive into what exactly happened. Because that's not the point of the conversation today. But the point is that we are going to bring up is that there is some lasting trauma that exists from this bullying and how it has shaped us as adults. Everyone says you're supposed to let go. It was, we were all kids and they were just kids being kids. Kids are mean. There's excuses galore, but it doesn't hurt any less and cause any less self-esteem issues. It causes us to lose trust in people and... Bullying does have a longer, lifelong effect on you during adulthood. I know I have been struggling with that for many years. And I'm not sure, have, Meg, I'm sure you've experienced the same kind of thing because I know you've been bullied as well as a child.
1: Oh, yeah. I was severely bullied. Um, it, you know, it started when I was a kid. I was, you know, quite the opposite. I was I was more of the, the geeky, like, small kid <laughs> that everybody wanted to pick on. And I just wanted to be the popular girl so, so bad. Um, so, I mean... It did start from there. Um, it went all the way through, you know, middle school and high school, just because I always was more of the outcast. Um, but I think for me, it stemmed from me being unconfrontational. I, I would avoid any uh, conflicts, you know, at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say, you know, if we're going into a psychological aspect of it, um, it was because I always saw my parents fighting so, so hard, and I was kind of like the peacemaker and just wanting everything to be calm, and I think I took that even into my life, you know, in school and activities and and what have you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's part of it too, just being that non-confrontational, and I think part of it is that we're both empaths. You want to make sure people are calm and that you're not adding to the energy of the room because we're already getting overstimulated by all the things that are happening. As soon as someone raises their voice, it's like, please stop yelling at me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want that. So I know that as we've aged, we have gained, you know, good friendships and some lifelong friends at this point that I consider, because I've been friends with them for more than ten years. But one of the things that I've gotten a lot of feedback from my friends is that I'm I can be a bit too much and a bit clingy almost too intense of a friend that Mm. I'll put their needs over mine and their wants over mine, and I will do anything to make them happy, which sounds really terrible when you phrase it that way, but it's more of a, oh, you need someone to drive you to the hospital? No worries. I can do that. I'll take off work. Um, Oh, you need um, a ride home from the bar at night? You can just call me and wake me up. I'll get up and do that. Um, I'll make you dinner. Are you hungry? What's going on? I will cater to everyone's needs, and then if someone tries to do the same for me, it feels weird. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to receive that friendship back because to me it's a I have to give, give, give to make sure that they're happy and and still want to be friends with me
1: and prove myself that I'm a good friend. I almost think too with that because I can relate is when you find somebody who just even accepts you remotely then you try to, you know, win them over and earn their trust because you don't want anything else to go sour because you've experienced so much, you know, bullying or, or hurt that when you do find this great person, you're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, you'll be my friend and we can have this wonderful relationship. And you just try, try, try. Exactly.
0: And a lot of that too, because we try so hard, ends up being a, you get just deserted by these people that you care about so much. I've had maybe five quote-unquote best friends that I've lost in life because of whatever reason, I, I have my own opinions of how they ended, but I honestly truly believe it's because I became that huge follower and is, I'm naturally a leader. I, I thrive best when I am in charge and given responsibilities, but in friendships, I tend to be the follower. Isn't
1: that interesting because I'm the same exact way.
0: It's almost, again, not to like say that it's bullying is such a traumatic response that it's hard to function, but... Every bit of these kind of abusive relationships, whether it's in love or in friendships, shapes how you react to situations. So in the friendships, we end up being these followers. And I know I changed some music I listened to, how I dressed, how I how I wore my hair because it was cooler. Um, I changed, you know, who I talked to sometimes because we had to all agree that we hated this one person. I didn't know who who I was I didn't know what I liked but I knew what my friends liked and so that's what I was gonna do (laughs) and when you start losing yourself and molding yourself into these relationships friends at the turn of a hat I've had them just be like we don't like what you like and I'm like no because I like what you like so of course we like the same things Mm -hmm. and it's oftentimes that I find that at those points when friends start realizing that I'm just following what they want to do instead of actually contributing to our friendships that they just are done with being the leader of this friendship so that's where i come from like i have a lot of friend desertion that has made me distrustful of our future friendships did you have the same desertion or are you are you the one who kind of deserts your friends
1: yeah i would say that in my past i was more of the one who would desert my friends um i think it goes you know both ways It's actually stuck with me for quite a while. I did desert a really dear friend. I think it was middle school because I wanted to be in the popular crowd, of course. Oh, yeah. And she and I were just not progressing enough. (laughs) So I told her, I said, I, or actually, actually, I don't even think I told her. I think it was just one of those things where I stopped hanging out with her and, throughout the years I saw her you know with other friends and in the back of my mind I was like oh my gosh if I just would have stuck with that girl like we would have had an awesome you know life and friendship and not cared what other people thought because she always was that way she didn't care what people thought but I did so um, I abandoned her and now she's you know awesome and living this beautiful life and we still talk on you know Instagram and Facebook but we never talk about, you know, what happened. So oh, right. it, it's kind of you miss that opportunity to have a close friendship. Like you can right.
0: be like friends with her, obviously. But having that close friendship, it's kind of like you lost that chance as soon as you switched and said, you know, I don't I don't think you're helping me get to the status that I want
1: to be. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I actually did the same thing um, in high school my freshman year I met a girl who I was such a mute basically unless I had to speak I didn't want to I I participated in my in my like sporting events and did all my stuff that I was supposed to do i got my A's like I, I was good in school I just didn't want to talk to anybody and she stuck with me as a friend and we hung out so much and she was such an amazing person and I literally just stopped being friends with her because she was a little bit awkward and everyone goes through an awkward phase in high school. Obviously, I think I was also in an awkward phase, but I was fighting so hard to get out of it and be be accepted by a larger group of people instead of just one. That I ended up losing the one person that I had been I'm a close friend throughout the whole year, and now I, I see her on on Facebook, and then just she's doing amazing things, and it's like we could have had a lifelong friendship if I would have allowed it. That's where I I think it's always poised for the fight. Like, I'm going to fight my way to the top. I'm going to fight to not be deserted. I'm not going to trust that this close, true friend is going to be my close, true friend for long. But I'm going to, you know, try to gain whatever friendship I can that's going to help fulfill me, which I think is a backwards way of looking at it, honestly
1: yeah no i I get it. and it's just so funny how you and I differ in that, but at this you know on the same coin, it's so similar. You know, you stay, I desert. and you know I think that's you know, holds true even in you know relationships um, with what you and I have both dealt with. so it's it's so fascinating. no, it's very true because honestly, even in relationships, I have always been
0: the person who stays. i will, I refuse to break up with people. <laughs> the first person I left ever in my entire relationship capacity was my ex-fiance, and that is actually amazing to me. But it has led me, again, to that limited trust of others. So with friends especially, I don't like inviting people into um, my inner life. So there's very few people, maybe five or six, and apparently I've decided to share that with all of you listeners, (laughs) Um, my inner thoughts and what bugs me and my psychological conversations and things that I want to talk about. There's very few people I would sit down and talk to you about these things. Um, just because you don't wanna have someone judge you for your thoughts. You don't wanna have someone decide they, that, okay, maybe we're not friends because of how you think. And I've always been very scared of doing that. Um, starting this podcast was a huge first step in breaking that cycle in my head, but even with friends to this day, I still have a very hard time trusting that if I do something You know, stupid or too nerdy or, you know, too out there that they're not going to want to hang out with me. And I'm just ready to defend anything that I have, I think I want. So my limited trust results in me losing trust in myself. Instead of being the outgoing person that I know I am and I can be when I'm close to someone and comfortable with them, I end up going really quiet, and into myself because I know I can trust that little space, that inner sanctum of my brain or my house. And if instead of letting people in, I will revert back to following the crowd and not letting people know me and become close to me, which is why I have only the few friends. I have a lot of acquaintances and people that I care about, but people that I consider true friends, someone that I would call in the middle of the night for an emergency, someone I would go visit their house, someone I would... You know, they want me to watch their dog, done. (laughs) Watch their kids, 100%. The people I consider actually family, maybe on two hands I can count.
1: Yeah, I have a very, very similar outlook because, you know, my, you know, past trauma and whatever, we all have past trauma, but um, the bullying from, you know, middle school and high school really left me going into, you know, college and as an adult really realizing that I don't need many friends. I'm good on my own. I trust me. I'll just be my own best friend. And you know, after a while that becomes very sad and boring. So <laughs> you do have to, you know, open yourself up. And I I feel I can only really count a handful of friends, but the ones that I do are amazing and they're family and I I I love them so much and couldn't imagine my life without them. So I guess, in a way, you can look at it as a good way.
0: <laughs> and another the point of this conversation, too, is to talk about, okay, so we're poised for a fight in every relationship, defending us or being the aggressor, but what does that mean for like our future? Like, I don't want to be sitting here defending myself or going into myself and not allowing my friends to get to know me because that's not fair to them. I'm not allowing them to actually get to know me. I'm never going to have those lasting friendships unless I do. And not that my current friend base isn't great and supportive, but it never hurts to have the opportunity to gain a new person that you're close to. I think that capacity for the heart to love is so endless that when you start closing yourself off to people, it becomes harder to love those who you actually care about. <laughs> so I've, I've been working to change my, my mindset of, okay, even if I don't think that you'd call me in the middle of the night because you don't consider me a close friend, I care about you to the point where I would do it if you called me. Right. And not in a damaging, unhealthy way. It's more so, I will give my heart and my care and my my love out to you. And if you would like it in return, then you can ask for it. And instead of having it be, I'm just going to open up for everybody and, you know, I'll do whatever anyone wants me to and not caring a second about myself... I care about who I am. I care about what I can offer. And if you want to see it, I will show it to you. Um, And actually, that's how I became friends with Meg. Because when I first met her, she is the epitome of the opposite of me. (laughs) If you think, like, light and dark, she's bubbly and outgoing. I'm very reserved and quiet. As much as physical, she's this petite blonde and I am a... You know, stocky brunette. <laughs> yes, stocky. I'm choosing that word, um, and in you know everything, she was, she was kind of the instigator too because I think it partially helped because she had just moved to my town, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so was, favor was on my side. But it was as soon as she was open and honest and just like ready to have a conversation. I I've been working to, if so, if I can sense that to actually go through with it. Not just be like, okay, cool, so glad we're talking, and then walk away and be like, I'm never talking to them again. This person is interesting. They're interested in what I have to say. Let's have a follow-up conversation. Like, not closing yourself off to the potential for a second, third, fourth conversation. Because now, hell, I'm basically a family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I fly across the country to go see you several times a year just because that's part of our life. Um, All started with a beer, folks. It did, because that's Wisconsin for you. <laughs> we we socialize and drink. That's how it works. In my opinion, that's how you reshape your brain or rewire your brain to stop blocking yourself off from friendships and being ready to trust somebody is is little steps. Like someone has to earn your trust. My dad always told me that that Reaganism, which is actually an old Russian proverb, um, to trust but verify. So it never hurts to trust somebody, but kind of do a double check. Like if someone breaks that trust early on, they're not going to not do it later. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's how I, th- I find the best steps to becoming less defensive and trust your friends more and actually build strong friendships better. Um, is there anything that you do in particular to
1: help fight against that and actually form relationships with people? Well, so, I mean, I really admire you and, you know, really looking inward and, uh, you know, as you say, rewiring your brain. I still haven't gotten there on it, to be honest. I really rely heavily on my intuition and feelings. I always have. And I think as I've gotten older, I've just become more content with who I am and not caring about what other people, you know, think. Like if I want to, you know, post something on Instagram, you know, me dancing like a like a fool I'm going to do it because I had fun Um, where in the past I'd be like oh my god like these people are just going to hate me and they're just going to like think I'm stupid I'm not going to like you know get in with their crowd who's their crowd you know so I think just as I got older I maybe just accepted myself more Mm -hmm. and I think that for me is my starting point instead of rewiring my brain if that makes any sense.
0: And I think actually that's kind of maybe where I started too, now that I think about it. Because you can't, you can't force yourself to trust someone else if you don't trust yourself and know mm-hmm. yourself. So it is, it is becoming more comfortable. I know I was very uncomfortable with my entire being as a child and in like my young life. And it has been, you know, probably the past four to five years has been a major growth point for me. Where I went from kind of being this dark, angry soul. (laughs) Everyone knew me as this sarcastic a-hole. Um, who
1: just, you know, drank and did whatever and didn't give a F. and Actually, when I mm. first met you, you were kind of like that, too. But I think that's why I was, like, attracted to that. <laughs> I was like, oh, neat. she's, like, kind of dark and cool. She's a badass. Like, I can get on board with that.
0: <laughs> when it really i am a big old softie, which is hilarious. Which I think is why we ended up actually staying friends. Because <laughs> if I was just a douche the entire time, you'd be like, neat. That was fun for a minute, but... Now let's just be real.
1: You were almost kind of like a project. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm just kidding. But like, no, I saw you as you were kind of like, just like, I don't know, just like super stoic. And I was just like, like you said, just really bubbly and happy. And um, I just, I found it really interesting just how we, we formed this friendship initially, And then it started growing from there. And I just, I I loved it.
0: And I think we're still that same personality. I'm still the more stoic, just like, I like to say sturdy and stocky. It sounds terrible. Those are not great words. But I'm the, like, the dependable. Like, I'm a planner. I will, you know, I will handle my stuff and Mm -hmm. your stuff because I'm gonna. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, But... I can be outgoing. Right. And just like you are outgoing and bubbly and free-spirited and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can't plan and you can't take care of business because you do. Right. Wow. Well, <laughs> and it's am kind of, in the right mindset. <laughs> and I almost think that kind of we, we have brought out more in each other. And that's kind of what these strong friendships mm-hmm. do. You start finding somebody that you resonate with and you feel comfortable with and you find something inside of yourself that you're, you maybe have not attached yourself to before because i've never considered myself outgoing ever mm. <laughs> and the fact that i formed this friendship with someone out of nowhere is an anomaly to me because most of my friends that i, ha- I have true friends are the people that i've worked with or people that i went to school with and spent an obscene amount of time with ever like actually forming adult friendships is so difficult to me oh, yeah. unless we have a common bond of those workplace or some sort of group environment right and to just say you know what I'm keeping you you're my friend now was such a weird step but it's true I found something that I liked who I was around you
1: same same yeah you brought out more of you brought me down to earth in my very flighty I don't know I'm an Aquarius guys (laughs) that's all I can say
0: (laughs) And I'm an Aries, so I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, good friendship, honestly. Because I'm supposed to be, like, this controlling no, leader. I I'm supposed
1: to hate Aries.
0: I know. I'm like, I think you're too flighty for me. Yeah. Our friendship is over. That's uh, done. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell. We, I've, now I've talked in my blog about astrology before, but that does not form all opinions ever. No, no. I think it does help you understand yourself better. It's um, fun. But it's not the end all, be all. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the way to change your mentality of just always wanting to either fight or be defensive, whichever way you lean, whether you're the one who does desert or whether you're the one who is scared of it um, and just will do anything so that they'll stay. It's really just understanding yourself, finding the support of those who accept you for who you truly are, and actually letting yourself trust those people. Everyone can find someone that will be in their circle, in their corner, but you don't need 30 people. So if you have your solid year of five and you feel comfortable and um, fulfilled with those friendships, I'm not telling you you have to have 40, 50 friends. You don't have to put yourself out there in new ways if you truly are satisfied and fulfilled in your life. But it never hurts to me to pursue possible friendships. And that might be maybe the the fear of desertion in me that having more friends in case I lose one is not a problem. Mm, but, I never thought <clears throat> of it like
1: that. Interesting. Probably because I don't want to be around anybody (laughs) (laughs) that makes a lot of sense
0: but to me it's a i know in myself i now can be more for somebody because i'm i know i'm more of myself if i only had a few drops of to give someone i only can give that to one person or two people but now that i know that i can give more without actually being so drained and so hurt and so just distrustful of everybody I know that I can have more friends and it's just the point of getting there. (laughs) That is always a challenge. If you're finding yourself that you are ready to stop being poised for a fight and ready to start forming those lasting friendships, just start looking at how you are and how fulfilled you are and who are those top five people that you trust. And if you have five, do you have five more that you kind of trust and maybe would like to get to know better and see if they're quote unquote worth trusting
1: yeah, it, it almost <laughs> last statement for me, take a chance. No, I'm kidding. But no, truly, that's kinda how you know we formed the relationship is you know, I randomly called this girl who I thought, you know, might be pretty cool. And I you know, that was a big step for me. Um and called her and like I said, we went out for a beer and the rest is history. So realized right. we're chance. the
0: exact same person. Right. So much of the same personality. But again, thank you so much, Meg, for joining me today. If you'd like to know more about Meg and her blog and brand, you can find her on Instagram at Meg Sprink, which is at M-E-G-S-P-R-I-N-K. If you like what you hear on this podcast, head over to my website, www.caitlinnormcom and sign up for my creative circle. My creative circle gets notifications of new episodes of the podcast, new blogs, and information that I know you'll love. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay creative.